Will the NFL put a franchise in London? How about an entire division in Europe? We'll talk about that and a lot more this week on Iceman and Coach. Welcome back to this week's episode of Iceman and Coach. You might think this sounds a little different, and that's because you're hearing me, the coach, Brad Powell, the Iceman, is abroad in London this week. And so we've brought in a couple guests who are also who also happen to be from England, um, our friends Beans and Gaz from Tallboy Radio. Fellas, how are we doing today? Yeah, all good. All good, thank you. Yourself? No, I'm doing great, guys, and I'm really excited to get in to talk about uh, some different sports themes with you guys and how they sort of resonate with the folks in the UK or with you guys specifically as individuals. And I know that obviously soccer is the game. It's really the world game. It's very popular there, and I hope you forgive me that I'll probably refer to it as soccer continuously. I know that that's a uniquely American thing, and I hope you guys cut me some slack on that one. But are there any big things going on in the world of sports right now in the UK that you'd like to talk about? Well, there's a small matter of my side, Arsenal, being top of the Premier League, looking like we could, and I'm not going to get carried away, we could be bringing home a title for the first time in, in probably the best part of 20 years since Wenger was in his heyday. And it's looking it's looking probable. I think even Gaza would agree with that. that we're, actually, I'm not, I just used the word probable. I regret that already. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. I would say, yeah, I would say possible. Um, no, you're doing decent. Arsenal, Arsenal are good at the moment, kid. Um, Arteta's got them playing decent football. So we, we've just had a round, actually, the Premier League... I haven't played this week um, because there's an international break. So um, it's qualifying for the European Championships. Um, so England played um, Italy on, was it Tuesday or Wednesday, Thursday, whenever it was. And then we've just played Ukraine um, tonight. So um, we've played 2-1-2 now, so that's all good, um, which will mean that club sides get back to, what, next weekend, is it? Yeah, next weekend we're back in action. So, Beans, you mentioned that you're an Arsenal fan, and I take it that with the enthusiasm you mentioned their success with, that Gaz may not be an Arsenal fan. Is that true? <laughs> no, I, unfortunately, my team are sort of towards the, the wrong end of the table, so I'm an Everton fan, so I think we're, we're sort of 15th at the moment, but we're one of maybe sort of seven or eight teams that potentially could get relegated, so they could go down into the, um, into sort of the division below. Um, which actually is something that maybe, and we talked about this on one of our podcasts, actually, it doesn't seem to happen in American sport that there's no promotion and relegation. So if your team basically finishes in the bottom three, um, you get relegated into the division below. Um, I suppose it might be a bit like somebody going from the majors into the minors, maybe something like that. So you go, you basically step down a grade or a level. And, and my team is one of seven or eight teams that are scrapping it out to try and to avoid that at the moment. So we try not to talk about football too much, really, at the moment, or soccer. Sorry, I apologise, coach. <laughs> right. No, you're fine. No, you guys call it football, man. That's your thing. I, I totally understand it. No, you're not going to catch any crap from me about that. I mean, that's what the rest of the world calls it. So. I have no problem with that at all. I am very fascinated by relegation, and I do wish there was a way they could incorporate that into a lot of American sports. I think that logistically, with the way things are structured in most of the pro leagues here in the U.S., it'd be difficult because even in the one that comes to mind where it might be the easiest would be maybe baseball. That's because it probably wouldn't be super difficult to move a AAA team up to the major leagues, uh, you know, do that sort of thing. But the problem is they're all one organization. It's not its own independent franchise the AAA team is not and then those stadiums typically aren't equipped to handle 
a major league game. And there is not. Uh, there have been many attempts at other football leagues here in the U.S. There's a couple of them that are underway right now, but no other professional football league has gotten really any traction here in America. And so there's not much of a system in place to even start something like that. So while I'm fascinated by it, I do think it'd be beneficial, especially if you could send uh, some of the bottom feeders down to another level and bring up some uh, some new fresh franchises. I think that'd be great. But I, don't, I just don't know that it'll ever happen. I, I think, I mean, I think the way, I mean, I, I don't know a significant amount about sort of finances um, in, in American sport, but I know that when, when the NFL went through their, their expansion, obviously, you know, the, the, the newer franchises effectively went straight into the NFL. Um, so they went straight into each of their respective divisions. Um, and, and I, I don't know, I don't know whether that would work. I mean, you would get, but you see, you have a draft system. So effectively your bottom feeders, if you're going to look at it from the NFL, your bottom feeders then get the best picks for the following year. And you hope that there's not a continuous cycle of the same team being terrible year on year on year. So whereas we don't have anything like the draft system. Um, and it wouldn't work because we haven't got any collegiate system, so to speak. So there's obviously huge differences fundamentally in the way that American sports are running. I say soccer or, or you know football is run, but um, yeah, we, we, the, the financial implications of going down or getting relegated are huge. You know, a lot of the money is in the Premier League, and a lot of the TV money and the TV rights is in the Premier League. So if you drop out of that, it, it's a huge sort of financial hit. Um, so obviously teams go out of their way just to try and avoid obviously getting relegated. But well, here's an idea for you then. Here's an idea for the NFL, okay? The team that finishes bottom of, <laughs> which just happens to be the Chicago Bears, Gazzy side this time. I apologise for bringing <laughs> that up. So yeah, the side that finishes bottom, okay, the worst side of the NFL, they play the best side in the XFL for a position in the NFL the following season. I think that'd be fascinating. Um the, the crappy part is, is the NFL would never let that happen, I don't think, just because, I mean, and they don't have to let that happen. That's the deal. They've got such a good thing going on their own that um, I think that they look at the XFL as, you know, like a, a fly on their shoulder, you know, get out of here, um, amateurs, <laughs> uh, that sort of thing. And really, though, that's, you know, we'll get more into that later, but I think that's a big that's a big reason why other leagues haven't had a lot of success, um, even here in America, other football leagues, is because the level of play appears to be that much less. And now maybe if you did just have some sort of relegation system where you could allow those teams to end up with the, the opportunity to earn more money and play on a bigger stage that they could grow into something special. I, I can't see the NFL ever doing that, but it's super fascinating. So the Premier League, though, to talk about that a little bit, when does uh, when does this, how long does the season last? And then you kind of sounds like maybe we're coming close to the end of the season, possibly. You want to kind of let us know how that works? Well, this season has been a little bit different because obviously we had the World Cup in Qatar. So that was a Christmas. Normally that's held in the summertime. It's a summertime competition. Obviously, all the top leagues in Europe and other places in the world shut down because the best players are obviously playing in that. So typically we start off in August time and it finishes up in May. They have a couple of months off and they're straight back to training and back into it again. Don't get me wrong. It's, it sounds like a difficult life to playing in the Premier League because they do play a lot of games and there's a, there's a real physical side to it the financial rewards for playing at the top of the game are pretty sizable. In, in, the, in the Premier League, um, there's 20 teams and you play each of the teams home and away. So so over a season, so it's 38-game season. Generally played every weekend. Um, you'll get the odd midweek fixture, so you'll get teams playing Wednesday, Saturday or Tuesday, Saturday, something like that. Um, 
And then obviously what then happens is you throw into the mix uh, some of the European competitions, so um, the Champions League and things where you play all the teams for, for each of the different other countries. So it, it is quite a hectic schedule. Um, and there's been a lot of talk about player burnout and, and players not having rests, in particular those that do play international, because what will happen is you play for your club team from August through to May. And then what will happen is you'll go straight to the England team and you might have a European Championships, you might have a World Cup to prepare for. So you go to the World Cup and you play the World Cup and then you go literally straight back into your club. So effectively, you're just playing 12 months, you're just playing all year round. So, so there's a bit of talk about how you protect the players. Um, and I think, well, how many, what games, eight games left? Something like that? Nine games, maybe, is it? Yeah, I think there's nine. So we'll get basically get to, get towards the end and um, get towards the home stretch, as they say. And like I say, Arsenal are doing Arsenal are doing really well. Top, clear by a few points with game, I think game in hand, have you, or something like that? So we're, we're eight points clear, but City have got a game in hand on us. So we're technically, oh, City, yes, assuming, assuming that City win that, and they probably will, they'll be five points behind us, and we've still got to play them. So it's all to play for still. So that's awesome. And one thing I, I kind of caught from that, which is a good transition into our next little topic here, is you talked about players taking breaks to go play in different international competitions. We just wrapped up with you know an international competition here with the World Baseball Classic. It's something that kind of, I think, flies under the radar, not just uh, worldwide, but in America here. And baseball is an American game, right? It's the American pastime. Even so, it's sort of seen as a second-rate event um, amongst Americans and then amongst even American baseball players because many of the best players don't participate in this game. And the timing of it's not great. This tournament takes place right while spring training is happening for the Major League season. And a lot of them don't want to – it's not even that they don't want to miss spring training. I don't know that they're that worried about that. It's that they don't want to risk injury or something like that going and playing in what they view as probably a mostly meaningless tournament and miss out on – you know, fulfilling their million, multi-million dollar contracts and their well-being, their livelihood, their career, however it may go. I know that baseball is not a big game over there in the UK or, or a lot of places in the world outside of maybe here in the US. Obviously, Central America has got a pretty good baseball culture. And then some of the Asian countries, you know, Japan won the World Baseball Classic. Uh, would you talk a little bit about sort of the national pride that comes with playing for your country in soccer? And then maybe kind of carry that over into what the view is about the game of baseball from folks there in the UK. I mean, I, I think, I mean, baseball, baseball hasn't sort of caught on, I suppose, a bit like, you know, the NFL maybe, but maybe that goes back to, and we'll, we'll obviously get into this a, a little bit down the line, um, you know, the old sort of European leagues and London Monarchs and Ryan Fire and places like that, you know. So NFL, I think, is bigger. Um, they, they are introducing it because I think they've got a couple of regular season games at the White Hart Lane. So is it at the Tottenham Stadium, I think they've got a couple of franchises coming over and they're playing at, do they call it that, their international series or whatever? The baseball. Baseball, yeah. Yeah, that's played at West Ham's ground. That one's been played at. Oh, is it West Ham? Sorry, yeah, my state, yeah. So, so it, it, it is gaining popularity. I think, obviously, it's still got a long way to go to catch up with the NFL. It's weird because I remember years ago and you were watching sort of the Sox or the Mets or whoever it was, and it was like the Dodgers, and it was like, oh, we're, we're world champions. It's like, well, there's only you guys playing it, isn't there? And they call themselves the world champions, and it's like, but there's only teams in America, isn't it? So how can we be world champions? And and, that, and and I think that was what, what got me. It was like, can you call yourself world champions without actually having a world championship? I don't know. And and back in the day, they didn't appear as though there was one. And then I'd like, say maybe you got, was it like Cuba? It's got quite a few. They, they did quite a bit. And then like say you've got China, Japan, Korea, sort of uh, the Far East. They, they seem to do quite a lot. But it, it just hasn't caught on in the UK at all, I don't think. Well, Canada have got a few sides in there as well. So there's two nations competing for the world. 
the World Series. Yeah, to be fair, yeah, yeah, to be fair, yeah. There's two nations that, yeah, I suppose two's better than one. Well, it's, it's fun of, like, when you talk about national pride, and, th- and this is this is the thing when, you know, when you say these guys don't want to play, we hear that and we can't get our head around it because we watch our players who get paid a ridiculous amount of money. Some of them do get injured when they're on their international break and they're training with the England side or, or whoever they play for. And they come back and they, they then miss large chunks of the games that they can competed and the ones that effectively they get financially rewarded for but the national pride representing your country is seen as an absolute honor like Gaz talked about England there before now I've followed Welsh side my family's Welsh and no so we didn't play today we played yesterday we we scraped by a draw against Croatia now Croatia are a really really solid side finished fourth or third in the World Cup but they were certainly up there and they were competing and probably a little bit unlucky not to go to the final and for Wales which is so such a small nation with not a great heritage of football, more so rugby, to, to, to pinch a goal in the 93rd minute, literally stoppage time. And you saw the look on a guy's face who scored it. He plays, he doesn't even play in the Premier League. He plays, I think, in the Championship. And it meant a hell of a lot to him. And when we talk about the wild side, people like Ryan Giggs got very heavily criticised for choosing not to play, you know, in, in some of what he felt were meaningless games where the likes of Aaron Ramsey, who played for the Arsenal for a spell and played for Juventus, two big sides, and then obviously Gareth Bale, who's literally won everything in world football, apart from the Premier League. Uh, he, you know, he, he personified what it meant to play for Wales and the passion that he played with. And, and, and yeah, when you we see that, and I saw the result, I saw Japan winning, and like Gath says, we talk about the World Series, and Japan have beaten them at a sport that they're w- world champions, at least the guys theoretically. And they didn't have a great result against Mexico either, who actually got a decent heritage in baseball either. Yeah, and what's unique about baseball is a, a lot of the best players, truthfully, some of not I shouldn't say a lot, but a, a good percentage of the best players in the major leagues are not from the United States. Like I said, they're from you know the Dominican Republic. Uh, Shohei Otani, who who he's probably one of the best players in the major leagues. He and he's very unique. He plays for the Los Angeles Angels. He pitches, but he's also one of the best hitters in the league, and he will DH for them on days he's not pitching. Um, but you know what? He was out there and he played. And he had an impact in every single game for Japan. It was very important for him to play in those games and participate. And this is a guy who, who's who got a truckload of money um, on the line, uh, and, and he doesn't care, and national pride takes precedence. And I have a lot of respect for that. And it does bother me, because I think it's, a, it's probably a uniquely American thing, the arrogance that surrounds, I think, American fandom. Because most Americans would tell you that they probably believe that our professional leagues are the best in the world competing, whether it's baseball, football, of course, and then, you know, basketball, which in most cases you could make an argument that that may be true, but they, they put more value on that than they do an Olympic gold medal, a world championship, or anything else. Now, obviously, the one that America is not in that conversation is soccer, but I do think that soccer is probably one of the few sports where you get the best American players do play on the national team when it comes to World Cup time, World Championship time, and things of that nature, because that is more important than the MLS to them and understand so. And I think other sports should be the same way. I mean, hockey, I don't think that our pros are playing in the Olympics for hockey. Maybe some of them do. And I also think, though, that the Winter Olympics fall kind of in the middle of their season 
where you said, like, I mean, if these competitions fall in the middle of the Premier League, they just shut the league down and these guys go play. And that's that's the way that it should be. But unfortunately, I think, especially here in the United States, like money rules all. And if not even just the individual's money, but as a franchise, if they probably set up TV rights and everything else for these games well in advance. Now, obviously, it all take all it would take is a little bit of planning, planning ahead to make it work. But it, it does kind of uh, it does bother me. I find it a little embarrassing as an American for how nonchalant we are about some of these international contests and competitions. I think it was kind of on display in the World Baseball Classic, obviously, with not you know some of the best players played uh, for sure, but not all of them. Just the kind of the the lackadaisical attitude towards it is kind of depressing. From the outside looking in, we find it very strange because when we when you, you look to America, you, you see the national pride, you see the, the, the pride in the stars and bars that everybody has. So to not go, not to be interested in going and representing your country and actually winning it for America, you know, you're great at doing it in wars, you know, why not do it in sport? <laughs> right, no, you're absolutely right. You know, I think the best basketball players probably play like on the dream team and the Olympics and stuff like that for the most part. But part of me almost thinks that they do that because they know now they've been beat. They're not unbeatable, but I think that they go in with this belief that, you know, it's they're playing against second rate players, that it's not it's almost a foregone conclusion. They just have to go out there and go through the motions. But I don't I don't like that mentality either. But I think that that might be why they're more willing to go out and play. And the fact that it's it's kind of been established over time, a tradition of, you know, United States basketball in the Olympics, you know, of winning the gold medal. And so I think there is some sort of a pressure to keep keep that going to some degree. No, I agree with you for the the patriotism and everything that most Americans want to stand up and pound their chest about. But when it comes to some of this stuff, yeah, I, I can't wrap my head around either, guys. One thing that is sort of a national game or is becoming more of a national game, specifically there in the UK, is the NFL. Both of you guys are big NFL fans. Beans, I know that you're a Steelers fan. Gaz is sort of an NFL fan because he <laughs> likes the Bears, but we'll give him well, give them a little credit. Um, although I do think their future is bright. I really do. I think that Justin Fields is a is a great player. And if they can put the pieces around them, which I think they're working on doing, I think the Bears have a bright future. And, and I do want you to talk about that a little bit because I'm sure you have some thoughts. But as we talk about, you know, we've heard for years rumors of the NFL putting teams in different cities around the world. And one of them that's always at the top of the list is London. And the NFL for the last... 10 to 15 years has been playing a game, two games, three games a year in London, and it seems to be getting a lot of traction. Just right off the bat, I'd like to get your guys' opinion on, one, what's your experience with with what they're doing now with the International Series? What's your experience with that, Ben? And what are your thoughts on the sustainability of an NFL NFL franchise in London? I suppose our our experiences of the international series are really positive. I mean, we we've been down to a few. We we've we've gone to London. We've we've watched some of the games. We've been lucky enough that our teams have come over. Um, and you know, um, that they've played in the international. I think it was it was it Green Bay. Were they the only? Were they the last one that they were the last team that hadn't yeah, played? Last teams come over. Or something. So, um, I mean, obviously. You got the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Is it? Is it Sadiq Khan? Is that his name? <laughs> Sadiq Khan's the mayor. Oh, is it? Who's it? Um... Shahid Khan. Shahid Khan, yeah. So, and he owns Fulham, which is a team in the Premier League. So, and they're based in London. So, he's obviously quite keen to tap into the potential, I suppose, of London. And obviously, the, the Jags gave up quite a few of their games. Sort of an American said they're going to come over, which is decent. Um, we love the NFL, and, and we we love to go down to the NFL. We love to. You know, we, we love the Razzmatazz and we, we, you know, we got into it years ago. If there was an NFL team or franchise in London, would I watch? Possibly. Would I go to each home game? No. Would I become 
uh, let's go to London Monarchs for, for want of a better phrase. Would I become a Monarchs fan as opposed to a Bears fan? No, because the Bears are my team. So I think, you know, would Beans all of a sudden become a Monarchs fan and not a Steelers fan? No, he wouldn't. He, he's a Steelers fan, so so I think I think there's an appetite for NFL. I'm not convinced there's an appetite for a franchise, and I don't know whether the fan base would be there for a London franchise if that makes sense. Because we 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 will go and watch a game, but we'll go to one game. We wouldn't necessarily go and watch seven or eight home games over the course of the season. Do you know what I mean? So I, I, I don't know, Beans. What are your thoughts? Well, it's it's interesting, like you say, that, that there's there's a thing in the UK, like I say, and it goes it goes to that tribal thing that we talked about earlier in terms of supporting your national side. You don't switch allegiance. Now I'm a Steelers fan, so it doesn't make any difference to me what what happened in the UK. I would always be a Steelers fan, but there certainly is an appetite for the NFL because I'll, I'll tell you this: it is really really difficult unless you're a, you're on the season ticket plan to actually get tickets because the last time we tried to go, they literally sold out in minutes, and we we missed out based on the fact that actually we just couldn't get tickets. And there's certainly a lot of fans down there. And the great thing you do see when you're there, you whether they always have a get-together, a fan get-together, either outside Wembley Stadium beforehand or on Regent Street, or they've done it in Trafalgar Square, which from, for me was the best one. And you see people with all the different jerseys on as well. So they'll come down and they'll watch, because they're getting to watch an actual league game. And it really makes a difference. So, you know, we'll go. We've been when the Bears and the Steelers aren't playing. We'll go just watch a random game and it's fantastic. It's a great day out. We, we have a few beers the day before then we go to the game and get the train back home. But would we ever support a London team? I, I think that's where it falls down a little bit because I don't think anybody else would either. It might get new people into it and you're going to go to the away game. So say, for example, the Steelers were playing like the London Monarchs, for want of a better name, what are they going to call them? Are we going to go to that game? Yeah, of course we are. And we might go and watch, you know, some of the big stars play as well when they come over. But would we necessarily be behind the London team? No, we'd be there, we'd be cheering it on and enjoying it and soaking in the atmosphere. But I don't know how much, how much you'd get people involved in supporting that team. Certainly not current NFL fans, of which in the UK there are a lot. And I know, I think the figure I saw quoted was once they had 6 million diehard active fans, the NFL talked about, that's when they they were sort of targeting, looking at getting a team into London or Europe, you know, or, or wherever. But I know Roger Goodall himself believes in terms of the what we have in the UK here, that London could actually support two teams. I, I'm not. I'm not sure how that would work in terms of the fan base. Like I say, everybody has already nailed their colours to the mass for the most part. Yeah, I get what you're saying there. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, it would probably be like it'd be a long play, right? I mean, you'd be hoping that you got a team in, and for for ten to fifteen years, that team would probably not even be the they would they probably wouldn't even have a home field advantage. There'd be more people rooting for the team they're playing against than rooting for them. The hope would be that you'd have enough young people that maybe your guys' children, other people's children, would grow up and become a London Monarchs fan, if that's what it were, and, and grow the fan base organically that way but that would take some time and that would take you know i don't know how common it is for children to just kind of follow the way of their parents in terms of their fandom or if, if a lot of kids break off and do their own thing i mean over here i'd say it's it, you have a lot of both uh, it's you're not you know sworn to your allegiance from birth or anything like that but it is it is fascinating because uh, I I get what you're saying, and especially you're saying like culturally, you don't you don't change allegiances at all, which would make for a really unique environment. And, and what it sounds like now is there are just a lot of NFL fans, right? NFL fans, period, in the UK, which is great. 
but to find that singular support for a new franchise would be would be something else. But I don't know what they're thinking about in terms of expansion or if they're thinking about moving current NFL franchises to you know there like the Jaguars or you know I've heard people talk about the Chargers. The Chargers are sort of the second team in Los Angeles. You know, would they would they move uh somewhere in the UK or Europe. Um, there's probably some other teams you could throw out there. So I guess if it was an existing team, you would at least get the fans, whatever fans there are of that team, as it already existed, I would think, and then could grow from there. But um, and who knows, though? And that's uh, and another thing, too, is I imagine that if they did move an NFL team there, you, you're not going to, because isn't Wembley Stadium like 90,000, see like 90-some thousand people? Like you're not going to sell out, you're not going to sell out Wembley Stadium for 17 NFL games. I just don't know that, that that would necessarily happen. You would have to build probably something closer to like a 60,000 seat stadium, maybe if you you know if you didn't want to have a half empty stadium most of the year. That that's kind of my thoughts. Yeah, the Tottenham Stadium was built with that in mind, though. So oh, White Hart Lane, the, the from one end of the pitch to the other, it was 93 yards, and they extended it. They built a brand new stadium virtually on the site of where the old one was, and it's and they purposely made the pitch long, 120 yards. It, it is now. Don't get me wrong with the grass. The, the, the pitch they regularly play on is the, is the standard size, but the grass area is big enough to house an NFL side. Now, that, I think the... The capacity there is around about 63,000, 64,000. So it's much more suited to, to getting that amount of games in. But I certainly know when we've had four or five games over here, at, you know, some at Wembley, some at Twickenham, which is a little bit smaller, but again, would fit the size and capacity. They sell out and they sell out really, really quickly. I think, I think, what you, I think the other thing that you get is with the international series, and they've only just started to do it, is to move... Because I think there was one. It was the one in Germany. Was the last year? Then there was one in. Was it Mexico? There was a, a regular season game. Yeah. So they, they are yeah. starting to sort of move them around. Um, but I mean, one of the years that we went, um, there was a group of were they were they German lads or something. They played in a in a sort of local, must be local sort of um, uh, sort of a German based Amer- yeah, sort of American football <laughs> team, and they came over to London. So you do get some of the some of the European fans coming over to London. <laughs> Would you get that if there was a if there was a London franchise? Again, I don't know. You, you might get them coming over for one game. I just don't think. And, and you see, as you mentioned, Brian, you, you look at maybe you're looking at sustainability, maybe 10, 15 years down the line. But that's a hell of an investment, you know, that potentially might not work. You know, so who, who's gonna who's gonna stump up effectively the money? Um, in order to pay your players, in order to get the quality of players, because what you don't want to do is you don't want to, you know, you don't want to fill a team full of just college draft picks, because then they'd just be whipping boys or things. So, do you go for free agency? Do you go? Do, how, how does your cap work? Because you haven't got one. So, how does that work initially and all of that? So, it, it would be a massive, massive investment. Um, from somebody the other side dude the other the other side of the salary cap there that Cass mentioned is if you were trying to attract and like you say you wouldn't want it to be just whipping boys because you wouldn't get the interest if you were to attract some of the bigger name players you were to draft some of the you know, the bigger named youngsters coming through you're going to bring in some of the more experienced players to do that in the UK would be more challenging because even if you did have that salary cap the taxation here is actually much higher at the top end than it is in the state so uh, they would be punished. They, you know, they would come over here and good old Rishi Sunat will be taking half more of their wages again. So they ain't getting paid as much as if they were staying in the States. Well, that's interesting because that happens here in the States even because certain states don't charge, um, don't charge state income tax. Like Florida, 
Texas, places like that. So they're very attractive places when it comes free agency time for people to go for that reason. Now, I don't think I agree with you, Gaz. If they were going to put a team there and like literally start from scratch, I think it's an uphill battle. But I, I think the recipe for success, if there is one, is you have to move an already established franchise. With, I would literally think about it like this. Now, this wouldn't happen because both your teams are well entrenched where they are with great fan bases. But if they took the Steelers and said, all right, listen, you are now the London Steelers. Like just lifted the operation, moved it to London and planted their flag there. They're now the London Steelers. I, I think that the fact that it's already an established franchise with a team, every all the infrastructure is already in place. You're just operating out of a different country. Now, obviously, there's the obstacles that you mentioned with taxes and things like that. There's a lot of logistics that would have to be figured out. But I do think that something like that would stand more of a chance than if it were a brand new franchise. What do you do with the fan base there, Brad? Because if all of a sudden you pick up the Steelers and you remove them from Pittsburgh and you drop them in London, all of a sudden you've got, I don't know, let, let's say you've got a... Um, what, a million Steelers fans living in and around the Pittsburgh area, and all of a sudden you drop them into London. They're not going to come over from Pittsburgh to support the London Steelers. And have you got enough UK-based Steelers fans in order to fill the stadium and make it sustainable? I think whichever way around you go, if you just pick up a franchise, and I know they've done it, you know, obviously the, was it the most recent one, maybe the Raiders, maybe up sticks and moving to Las Vegas. There was clearly appetite for that. And they'd obviously, you know, there's obviously clearly appetite and, and the NFL and, and the, the Raiders organization are obviously done a little bit of research and sort of said, right, if we are to move, would there be a fan base in Las Vegas ready? And clearly they have because they're selling out the stadiums and stuff. But I, I think moving a franchise into the UK, I, I just I just don't see it. I, I, I genuinely, as much as I'd love, I'd love it to happen. And, and as much as I think it would be good for the game and you grow the game and all of that, I, I just don't, I can't see logistically how you can do it. G genuinely, I don't. Yeah, and what's, and I don't think it would never happen to the Steelers or the Bears or, you know, one of these teams that's very well entrenched with a solid fan base. And that's why I think teams like, it'd be a team with a, a very, a struggling fan base, maybe a, a shrinking fan base. Like I said, the Jaguars, uh, maybe the Chargers. There's probably a couple others we could maybe come up with, but I, those are the those are the top two that come to mind for me. But yes, you're still you're leaving the those local fans kind of hanging out to dry if you do that as the NFL. But the NFL would probably argue if well if we left them there they were going to die anyways. Yeah. So why not move it and try it somewhere else? And I know some other places. You know they've talked about putting a team in Toronto. They've talked about Mexico City, different places like that. But the unique part about London is the distance and the travel too. You know Mexico City and Toronto would be no problem um, from a traveling standpoint. But that's where the conversation, I think, turns into goes from just a single franchise to a potential division. But now based off what you're saying, if we're talking about there being concerns about supporting just one team, now if you're talking about four, that's totally different. You know, let's say they put a team in London, you put a team in Paris, you put a team in Berlin, you put and you know, pick where you want the fourth one. But you know, it would it would help logistically with some of the travel, you know, half the games you're gonna at least play on your own continent. But and maybe it dr drums up some of those local rivalries and things like that that would maybe help grow the fan base some. But, you know, again, though, I keep going back to what you're saying. If you can't support one, how are you going to support four? Yeah, and, and that would be my worry. But, I mean, you, you look at the travel and 
and, and I don't know for, for a fact, and, and I don't know how far it is, but you know, your, your teams on your east coast of America, how, how, how genuinely, how much further is it, and how much more of a hassle is it to then travel to London as it would be to go from the east coast to the west coast or the east coast to, to New Orleans down south or wherever, you know. Because America's a huge place, you know what I mean? So if you're looking at your teams on the eastern sort of board, maybe look at the Carolinas or you look at, obviously, your New York-based teams, going east to London might be just as easy as maybe going all the way across the country and going up towards Seattle or going somewhere like that. You know, it's... I, I don't know. I think... I think I, I, I don't necessarily see the, the logistics of the travel necessarily being the issue. I, I genuinely think it's, it's your fan base. It it's your infrastructure around the teams that they're the things that really i i see for, for as a uk fan that's 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 the difficulty that i see because i know that i wouldn't change allegiance to follow the new side purely because as adam wet mentioned earlier that tribal instinct that we have in the uk where you just don't change a team in, in the states i don't know if you move from one state to another would you effectively start to support the you know, the, the, the NFL franchise that's closest to you in that state. I don't know. In the UK, not on your life, would you? It doesn't matter where you live. Your team is your team. Yeah, typically not. I mean, I think it happens sometimes, but typically, yeah. I mean, you have some, if, if you're willing to change your fandom, change your allegiance, you probably weren't that big of a fan in the first place. And, and so it does happen sometimes with more casual fans, but Someone that is a very loyal fan would never would never change their allegiance. What are your thoughts, Beans? What are your thoughts on the division idea, the travel associated with it and all that? Well, I think the thing is, if we were to do it, because, you know, you've got, you have the, the majority of, of the teams are towards the east of the country. So in terms of who you're playing and who you're traveling from, you know, if you're traveling from that east coast, it's about a five and a half hour flight. If you are traveling over to Los Angeles, it is roughly the sort of same thing. But then you talk uh, the, the way you coming around the world is also slightly different but then that's the same for LA teams traveling to the, to the east coast i think it would need to be a conference and you, you know you said it's like half, half as many your games are played then in europe well actually it's, it's actually about 11 or 12 of your games would be because you've got eight or nine home games and then you're traveling just around europe to play your three other sides so it's so you're talking 11 to 12 games so all of a sudden that seems a little bit more feasible and then we say you were to look at someone like the new england patriots coming over here and they you know they have a couple of games to play well they could play those games back to back they could do back to back away games they could play in london one week and then to paris the next which is literally what 40 minutes on the plane so it, it all of a sudden it's less of a of a challenge logistically there I think the fan base is, for me, is the big one. Would I go and watch a London side? Yeah, absolutely, I'd go and watch London side, especially if the Steelers were playing there. I, you know, the Bears or Andy's team, the Detroit Lions, would go and watch it, absolutely. Would we ever support it? No, and I think that's the challenge. New fans are always going to come to it. People people will be intrigued by a different proposition to sport in this country. But I think for the most part, the people who love American football love Americana and the American side of it. We had NFL Europe before, as Gas mentioned earlier, with the is it London Monarchs London and Monarchs. The, the Scottish Claymores, and it didn't take off because of the caliber of players that are playing here, and it felt like almost like a cheap copy of the NFL that wasn't sold out brilliantly well and wasn't particularly well attended, which is why it inevitably folded. It was great for some of these inexperienced players to come and get some experience playing in competitive matches. But in terms of getting the buy-in from the fans, it never happened. And I, I think this is slightly different because it would be a genuine NFL team. 
But when we start supporting, so the idea of Gaz being a Bears fan, Gaz would love to go to Chicago and watch them in Chicago and soak in Chicago while he was there. And it wouldn't just be just watching the Bears while he was there. It'd be buying, he doesn't just buy into the Bears, he buys into Chicago. I don't buy just buying to the Steelers, I buy into Pittsburgh and that working man's mentality around it. You're bought into the whole side of it. As an Arsenal fan in the football and the soccer, I'm bought into the way that Arsenal do things, the way that we seem to do things the right way. And that whole way that we conduct ourselves is, is really important to me as an Arsenal fan that I like to see. And the same with the Steelers, the way that we do it, the way that Mike Tomlin has just, just seems unstoppable. You know, hasn't had any losing seasons in the time that he's been there. I, I buy into the idea of that. And part of that, comes from that mentality of Pittsburgh, that working man, that fight and that spirit. And I think a little bit of that would be lost. So I know you sort of mentioned the idea of the Chargers. I know the, when, when the Chargers left San Diego and moved to LA, they seriously, seriously looked at a move to London by all accounts. Shahid Khan, obviously, who owns the Jaguars, also lives in London, owns Fulham Football Club. They've been over here. The Jags have got a huge following over here. Jag, you, you see Jaguars fans everywhere. Wherever you go around the country, you'll see that delightful turquoise uniform that, they, that, that people are sporting everywhere. And the other team I've heard mentioned actually was the Bills. The Buffalo Bills being like the third New York t- team, effectively. And I, I, my perception is they have a pretty solid fan base out there. They're certainly very passionate. I don't see how that would work. But I know there were some question marks in terms of when they the the, the stadium when it's up for lease again, and I think that you know was it twenty twenty four was it next up? I'm not sure, but I know they've been questioned as well. And maybe those are the sides you look at. But personally, I still think that when people buy into it, they buy into the Americana of it. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I was thinking about the same stuff you mentioned when it comes to travel. That if a team, you know, if the Rams, the Los Angeles Rams went to to Europe or the UK to play, that they could stay there for a couple of weeks, right, and play two different opponents before they had to come back and not turn it around so quickly. Um, things like that would help. But again, it sounds like there'd be some serious concerns about um, just the just getting fans, getting, you know, building a fan base. And one other thing too, as I wonder that is the NFL, is it so popular when it's there because it is somewhat of a of a novelty, right? It is unique and it's not something that you get 17 times a year live and in person it's four or five tops right and, and that's it you know so was it a couple of years ago there were four four games or three games this year there was three i think um you know so myself beans and andy we've been down to london to watch one of the games so we whichever and and there were, there were, i think the four games and we went down to to watch one of them we haven't gone to watch two of them or three of them and i know they do season tickets for them and, and the season tickets will sell out as such. But it, you, you would go once or twice. You wouldn't go, you know, if you've got seven home games or eight home games or however big the, the season would be, you know. I, 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 ju- I just, I think the appetite for the game is there and the love of the game is there. I'm just not sure that, that the appetite for a franchise is there, if, if that makes sense. No, that makes perfect sense. Have either one of you guys been to an NFL game here in the United States? No, look, you know, bucket list. But it genuinely, for, for me, like sports, I mean, I, I'm a huge sports fan and, and I have been and played sport, lucky enough to play sport at decent standard. Um, and I just love sport. And for me, it's probably bucket list one or two. Um, I'd love to play golf at Augusta and I know that's not going to happen. So, you know, I, I'm pretty serious about golf and play off scratch and, you know, play decent standard. So I'd love to play golf at Augusta. Um, but number two would be, 
go and watch the Bears play at Soldier Field. Genuinely, that that's like very, very, very high on my bucket list. Well, we just got to get you on tour and you can play in the Masters, right? That's that's all we got to do, guys. Well, yeah, unfortunately, though, you know, there's, there's, there's quite a few people that are ahead of me in the pecking order in terms of sort of being decent at golf. There's probably like, Christ knows how many thousands of people are way better than I am, unfortunately, and I'll never make any money out of it. And I'm fine with that. I've come, I've made my peace with that. That's that's no problem. But you know, but if I went to if I went to Chicago, as Adam said, I would. I mean, yes, the Bears at, at Soldier Field is is number one. But I'd love to go and see um, taking an NHL game. I'd love to go and see an ML uh, a, a baseball game. You know, when we went to America last year, we 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 watched um, a, a baseball game when we were in New York. But I, I, I would go. I would love, as Adam said, it, it's that fandom base that go to Chicago and soak up what Chicago has to offer. And I started watching American sports, what early mid eighties, and actually the Bears were decent then. So I basically came on. It was back on Channel Four, and it was who was decent back in the day. You start watching it, like, I'll support Chicago, and it's like William Perry and Walter Payton and Jim McMahon and people like that, you know. Um, and, and you've got the infamous Bears defense and all that. And that's why I started supporting Chicago. And I thought, well, I'll just go all in. It's not just the NFL, I, I say I'll support the, the NHL side. I'll support the, the the baseball sides. You know, I'll support the Bulls. You know, I, basketball. I love the Bulls. You know, so I just bought into Chicago, and that's my town. And if I went, if I went into America, you know, that, that's the city I'd go to. And I haven't been, and I'd love to go. And, and and that I think buys into what Beans is saying. You buy into the culture and the place, and you want to go and experience that. Would I do that if there was a franchise in the UK? No, not really. Yeah, no, I get that, and and that's awesome, man. And because you ever get over to Chicago, you got to let us know because you know I'm just a couple hours away, and uh, been to Chicago many, many times. Yeah, well, hell, if we ever get over there, we're, we're def- I tell you what we'll do. If I ever get over there, then what we'll do is we'll do Iceman and Coach, but I'll come over to you guys, and Beans can be over here, and we'll just do like this sort of three way thing. We'll do that because that hell, I'm up for that. If ever I get there, no, that would be. <laughs> See, I'll come with you. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to get Beans over here too. But I tell you one thing I found interesting. I was, uh, you know, I was doing a little bit of research about the the European expansion of the NFL and all of that, and it kind of dove into just how the game is consumed in the UK. And one thing it highlighted was just the environment around the game is completely different than it is um, here in the US. And and part of it, I think, is maybe the the logistics around the stadiums where they're playing these don't lend it doesn't lend itself to it. But you know, here in the U.S., tailgating is a big, big thing. I mean, it's huge. You know, so there are giant parking lots just packed full of people that they're out there all day long. I mean, there's people that go tailgate and don't even go to the game. And it's and that's just not the NFL. That's college football. You know, my dad and I went to a Notre Dame football game this year and you know we went and uh someone i knew i met up with them and they were just there tailgating they weren't even going to go to the game you know they they got a parking pass for the parking lot they went and set up shop and grilled out and drank beer all day and just went back home and watched the game on tv and because they live 15 minutes away you know so they just wanted to be there in the atmosphere and they just go watch the game at home and I think that you have a lot of that. But one other thing that's unique here about football compared to how you guys experience there is you talk about passionate fan bases. I think it's very similar to what you guys deal with in soccer. I mean, it's it's very, very passionate. And if, um, you know, and, and it's interdivisional play is worse than if you're playing a team outside your division. But, you know, like if you go to a Bears game and uh, if the Bears are playing the Steelers and Beans is with you guys in a Steelers jersey, I wouldn't stand very close to him because he's going to have beer thrown at him. Uh, he's going to be called every name in the book. I mean, 
it, it's almost vile, to be honest with you, sometimes the way that they treat opposing fans. And I'm sure you guys have seen videos on the internet of fistfights and everything else. It's really intense sometimes. And I'm not saying that's what everyone's experience is. Obviously, I think some of it, truthfully, is probably where you're sitting in the stadium if you're going to experience things like that. So I would err on the side of paying more for your ticket. Uh, <laughs> so you end up in the cheap seats. You might you might end up in a scrap. But but it's weird because it goes back to what Adam said about the tribal nature of football. And you know, so if you were to walk down the high street in London and there were four or five lads with a Manchester United shirt on, there were four or five lads with a Manchester City shirt on, there were four or five lads with a Liverpool shirts, Arsenal Spurs. You can guarantee there'd be bother. Like you almost guarantee there'd be bother. Whereas when we went to the NFL games, you'd got all sorts of shirts and you know colours, and there was no bother. And and whether that's just because it's again it's that newness, it's that you haven't built up, you haven't got necessarily that that rivalry. You know, I felt as though you know if I was walking down to one of the NFL games in the international series and I got a Bears top on, you know if. If the, somebody in a Detroit Lions shirt was, was walking the other way or whatever, there wouldn't be bother. There wouldn't be either. It'd be, oh, you know, a bear suck or whatever. And, that, and I'd be like, well, yeah, but you doubly suck sort of thing. So, you know, so and there'd be good-natured banter sort of thing, but it, there'd be no bother. I mean, don't, you know, football in the UK, horrendous. You know, back to the 70s, 80s, it was literally tribal and there was the hooligans and fights literally like weekly. But you see the videos in America and it seems there it's like the odd individuals, maybe two or three, whereas in the UK it's it's hundreds of fans going at each other all at once sort of thing as opposed to just a couple of people that piss people off and you have a bit of a set to. You know what I mean? It, and I might be a bit naive in saying that, it, and I'm aware it happens. Does it happen to the extent that it happens in soccer? I, I, I don't know, uh, but I, I, I don't suspect it does. No. Yeah, it may not be that bad. Yeah, yeah, Beans, I'm curious to hear what you think about it, too. Same, same as Gaz, to be honest. So when we went down to watch, we watched the Steelers play the Minnesota Vikings. So I mean, it was great because obviously Gaz got to see some of his local rivals there. So Gaz had a Bears jersey on. I had my number seven Roethlisberger jersey on. We went into a pub which was full of Minnesota Vikings fans, okay? I mean, absolutely full of them. <clears throat> There's me and my Steelers jersey on. Roethlisberger on the back, guys with his Bears jersey on, and a lot of them were American. And we honestly, we had no, we had no bother at all. Actually, we had a real good laugh, a load of banter with them. Like, I'd come back from the bar like with his the two, with a couple of beers in my hand. I heard this voice from behind, dude, Roethlisberger sucks. And I turn around, and the, the, you'll have seen him if you've ever seen a Vikings game. That guy in the full Vikings regalia, built like a brick shit house, and he's just there, like flexing his muscles at the bar. It's like you can say that, dude. That's fine. You can say that. I'm not going to take issues with you, boy. <laughs> uh, but but we had a laugh and a joke with him afterwards. But on the flip side of that, when you talk about soccer, I was in Edinburgh on the, the day of the Hibs Hearts derby once, and I have never seen so many facial injuries in one face in one place. The amount of fights that I didn't really see had gone on, but I saw the aftermath. I've got no skin in the game. I, I've got no interest in, in, in Scottish football. It's I'm not going to say that just in case any English English fans listen. But yeah, Scottish football, no interest to me. It's it's a couple of rungs below the the, the English Premier League, and Hearts and Hibs don't care for them. But I felt uncomfortable there. I thought, you know, if I spoke to the wrong person, I'm going to get a kick in here. Yeah, and and I was just literally just about to say the same thing. And if you flip that, you know, uh, and you walked in with it with a Roethlisberger top, and I walked in with a Bears top, 
and we met with literally like what sounded like the whole cheering party of the the, the Vikings sort of thing and there's this guy blowing his horn and stuff and it's just like weird great but you know it's just like surreal but if if I'd have walked into a pub wearing a Spurs top and he walked in uh, an Arsenal top and he walked in there's loads of Spurs fans in there instantly beans would be like oh shit I've walked into the wrong pub here like I, I, we need to do a quick like 360 and get out of here sort of thing because I'm going to get my head kicked in whereas we walked in there and it's all really effectively good natured it's banter you know there's comments here and there but I never ever felt as though it was going to be physical do you know what I mean and you know there's the odd word and you like to say well this bird that sucks and it's like and he turned around and I was like he sort of looked at me he's like yeah 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 he does something <laughs> so, it, was all, it was all good good natured wasn't it And but the tribal nature of sort of football, soccer, as you say, means that wouldn't happen. You know, I say I walk in, I, I wear an Everton top and walk into the wrong pub in, 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 in the wrong place and I walk into one of the home team pubs and you're like, Jesus, you know, literally like 360, get out there if you can because if, they, if you're caught in there, then you're in for a right world. Of yeah, and it's... And, and maybe I overstated it a little bit from the NFL perspective because it's definitely not that aggressive um, from the way you guys explain it. And I think a part of it is it depends on the type of people that you're around. Uh, you know, it just it's one of those things where, you know, they say, right, it takes two to tango or whatever. And if someone does start running their mouth to you and, and you just ignore it or laugh it off, they're going to let you walk away. It's not like you're going to get wrapped up into something where you have no choice what's about to happen to you. Um yeah, nothing like that. And it's pretty easy, I would say, to avoid some of those situations. But I mean, I've seen it with my own eyes, though. Of um, yeah, I'm a Colts fan. I was at a Colts and Baltimore Ravens game. This is back when like Ray Lewis was still playing and everything. And I saw a guy, he was with a group of friends that were Colts fans, but he was a Ravens fan. And they literally had to like walk in a circle around them, like around the out in the concourse and it's just because you know people idiots you know throwing crap at the guy and and just whatever and uh, it's it's that's the stuff that bothers me you want to give somebody you want to have words with somebody hey ray lewis sucks the raven suck you suck whatever i mean that's fine but you know when people get to the point of where they're throwing stuff at other people and things like that that's when you know i don't have a i, I don't really care for any of that type of behavior i'm all about you know razzing somebody giving somebody some shit but when it gets to that point that's too much but no i i think it's really interesting though and, and i mean i tell you what i thought that the soccer fans were pretty aggressive but to hear your guys's perspective i mean i think i underestimated <laughs> some of the aggression um, back in the day as well like i said it's it's better now than it ever was but you know english clubs were banned from playing in europe because of the 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 violence that the fans perpetrated there that they just wouldn't tolerate anymore. The Liverpool fans are the high soul stadium, right? Have a look at some of those images. They are really shocking. And you read some of the books about the different firms, as they call them. So Millwall have got a notorious uh, gang of fans that will literally go and fight anybody who wants to fight, but, uh, but they want to fight their own guys. So, you know, local to us, Stoke Naughty 40, you know, there's a book written about that. Uh, was it, is it called Naughty Gaz? Is it just called Naughty? By uh, what's his? What's the guy's name? Mark Chester. Yeah, uh, he's yeah. The guy's name is Mark Chester, but everyone calls him Jasper because basically, when he was when he was a young youngster, he, he, I think that the story says he was in. I think he was in the army. Somebody isn't. Somebody said Chester, and the guy misheard and thought he said Jasper. So they pretty much just stuck there. But yeah, he 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 spoke quite a lot about you know the things that they've done and this that and the other and you know um, the, the 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 bother that they've got into and what you would get is that you would get basically the top boys from each of the firms and stuff and they they phone each other up, they contact each other, whatever it may be, right, we're gonna meet here, there's a there's a service station there, you know, and, and they'd arrange just to meet up and have a set two 
and literally that's what would happen. That's crazy, man. That's so wild. Uh, I'd say what it'll be interesting to see what happens with the NFL if they do end up moving a uh, a franchise to Europe or even if a division ends up over there overall. And then, you know, obviously I hope that you guys get the opportunity sooner than later to get over here and catch an NFL game and to experience some of these things yourself. And I, I would be interested after that happens to hear your guys' perspective, you know, to compare and contrast the two different experiences and what you thought. A couple of things I want to make sure we're able to take care of before we wrap up today. I would like to give you guys the floor here to uh, tell us where, tell listeners where they can find Tall Boy Radio, what sort of things you guys have been working on, what's coming up in the future, and what you're all about. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll give out other social stuff. So you can find us on Facebook, on Twitter, and on YouTube at Tallboy Radio. And you can find us on Instagram at Tallboy Radio Podcast. Check out our website, tallboyradio.com. And if you want to hear more from us, drop us an email, mail at tallboyradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. So in terms of what we've been doing recently, and we are literally every podcast platform, by the way, just search out Tallboy Radio, we'll be there. So in terms of what we've been doing, we, we had a couple of actors on who's starring in a film called The Hellgate recently and it's been made in Florida of all places in Jacksonville as well so that's been made and we've, we've, we've got a couple of things planned with them fully enough so we've got another episode with another star of that film who's also got another film that's due out soon called Forest of Death that's due to be released very very soon and then we're going to have some of the people who work on the film not just on actors and actresses but in terms of I think we're going to get the director on or a producer on as well just to t- talk about once the film's been made that process has been like so yeah really really that's really panned out quite nicely for us you know just to do one episode and they contacted us uh, you know it was, it was a, a nice out of the blue email that one was and to have a couple of things come off of the back of that has been really quite exciting what about any others guys that stick in your mind um yeah i mean obviously th- th- that was that was pretty cool you know we interviewed the, the couple of the actresses and as i say you know like a week later and was like yeah they want to come back on and not not only do they want to come back on the producer wants to come back on it's like really yeah that, that's that's pretty cool uh so that you know it, it's look you know when, when we first reached out to you guys and and, and vice versa you know I, I love meeting people and i've just fellow podcasters and and we wouldn't have met half the, you know there's no way that without podcasting we'd have ever popped up with you guys and you know just i think we we, we definitely want to do a couple more outside broadcasts we, we we've done a couple we, we definitely want to take tour by radio on the road as such and do um a couple more live events a couple more um live interviews with people and go on location somewhere so that that's and now we can do it post covid you know it gives us a bit more of an opportunity to do that. Um, I'd love to do an overnight somewhere, you know, there's three of us, we do an overnight sort of podcast and we, you know, that would be pretty cool. So there's, there's, there's things that, that we're looking forward to. I still want to explore a little bit, um, as I say, the, the sort of the supernatural, the, there's a couple in the pipeline that we're going to talk about that because we seem to sort of default almost back to that. So um, interesting, one of the actresses said she, she'd be quite interested in coming back on and talk separately about to supernatural experiences and stuff and i quite i'm quite into that sort of stuff so so that would be pretty cool um so yeah there are a couple of the highlights that i think are up and coming we're looking forward to no that's fantastic and that doesn't surprise me that you guys are getting uh you know people reaching out to you and sort of building up uh the amount of people that want to come on to your show you guys are absolutely wonderful you're a delight to talk to you guys are very engaging and interesting people and have great perspectives you're just smart and intelligent fun guys to be around and to talk to which is one of the i mean the top reasons why you know, reached out to to Adam about having you guys on this show. And so I do really appreciate you guys coming on here today and being a part of this. And hopefully we'll have the opportunity in the future to discuss more sports. Do you have any parting words uh, for our listeners today? Thanks for having us is the main one. It's, it's great 
to, to you know, we don't often talk about sport actually on Tour Burial. We've done a few episodes on it in, in the past. And, you know, we when we tend to cover it, we tend to cover darts, which is the sport that Gaz and I have in common. But yeah, to, to, to come on and talk about something that we're passionate about, you know, when we talk about NFL, when I'm normally giving him stick because the Bears are having a bad season. And then we've got Andy coming on as well, and everybody can just wade in on that one because he's a Lions fan. <laughs> but, so, so it's nice to come on and talk about that. We never talk about baseball, despite the fact both Gaz and I have visited different Yankee stadiums because I went a few years ago. So it's, it's it, you know, and obviously, you know, I work, I work in sports and I work in sports betting. So I'm, I'm getting more and more into American sports as, as, as those are the markets that we offer. So yeah, really, really appreciate the opportunity to come on and talk to you. You know, hope Matty has a great time in, in London and Grimsby where he's going. I've, I did point him in the direction of one bar I felt he should visit. So hopefully I see some pictures of him enjoying a glass of wine in there. No, that'd be fantastic. And I hope he's able to do that. Um, I'm excited for him too. I'm very curious to hear about his experience experiences. And don't forget, listeners out there, you can call the show and leave a message with your thoughts on any of the takes that we've had today. You can reach us at 703-718-6314. It's also scrolling across the bottom of your screen. You can also interact with us on Twitter at Iceman and Coach. Don't forget to support the Matty Ice Media Network, where you can find shows like The Manual, Fire Footwear, and Political Football. And if you want to hear any more of my ramblings, you can always uh, check out the Pub Time podcast, where me and Ryan explore all sorts of different topics um, and try to keep you on your toes. So once again, um, from myself, from the Iceman and our friends at Tallboy Radio, as the Iceman would say, I hope this finds you safe. I hope this finds you well, and we will see you next week. The opinions and viewpoints expressed on the Iceman and Coach Sports Show are those of Matt Freights, Brad Powell, and their guests, and not necessarily those of the Matty Ice Media Network. The Iceman and Coach Sports Show is exclusively owned by Matt Freights and Brad Powell and is brought to you by the Matty Ice Media Network.